Welcome back to the End Time Podcast. Habakkuk 2 verse 2 says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. In this episode, we want to talk about the start of your Christian walk. Welcome back to the End Time Podcast. My name is John, and today I'm here with Max and Tito. And we're excited to have you back. And today we want to take a, a, a maybe a different approach than maybe some of the last episodes. And we've been looking at um, the name of Jesus and the, the name above all other names. We've looked at correct water baptism, which is the, the start of your Christian walk. And t- today we want to look a little bit more at where you start in your Christian walk. Um, right off the bat, I'll say that you, you, there's a process or a, or a, a way that you grow as a Christian. Um, and it, it will start many times with baptism, or that is one of the things that happens at the start of your walk. Um, but as you go through your walk, there's different stages of grace that you'll go through justification, a time of sanctification, a filling of the Holy Ghost. And sometimes that happens all at once. And sometimes that happens over a period of time. But we want to focus in right on where you'll start as a Christian when you start to realize that, you know, there's God, God loves me and, and, and there's a blood that's been applied. And, and, and now, and now where do I go? I've, I, I want to be baptized or I've been baptized. Where do I start? And what does it all mean? Yeah. Like I think about back in, back in, um, when, when I, when I, when I gave my life to Christ and I remember so much well getting into a, get into a church and, you know, I mean, coming from the world and different background and things, but, in the church and and the first thing that struck me was the word when i started to hear the word something started to move on the inside something started to respond and started actually to think about you know salvation and started to think about you know a walk with the lord when you say the word what we're saying and what you're saying is is the bible what jesus said yeah exactly it's a, it's right. a common word (laughs) term we use but it means uh, in john 1 1 says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god yeah and and that word became flesh and the bible that we read is that word and it's god expressed to us yeah exactly right it is it is exactly you know it's it's christ being preached right so when i heard about jesus in other words you know when i say about the word exactly when i heard about jesus something struck on the inside and from that moment on, there was a deep that was drawn. I, I was honestly so much drawn to hearing about Jesus. I wanted to know about Jesus. I want to know why am I here? What am I doing here? What is my purpose here? Right? And as I kept on, you know, fellowshipping and going in and hearing, you know, about Jesus more and more, eventually the next thing was I I got to know the steps that need to be taken, right? You know, you know, you need to go through baptism. But before you go through baptism, there was one thing that I was told that it was very vital and very key, and that was to repent. And you know, when I met different people in in the course of life, I realized that many times people skip that step of repentance. 
and you know people just jump into oh you know let's go jesus loves me jump into baptism and well let's move on but then you know you haven't really repented of your wrongs because we need to understand that at our first birth we were born as sinners right we weren't born with you know really the desire to serve the lord it was easy for us to fulfill the lust of the flesh and the things that we actually loved so i mean when i had to order that stage you know I, the first thing I, I got to understand was i needed to repent one thing i was thinking about repentance is that for a listener that might be listening and well how do i repent or what is that there's probably things in our lives that we can go back and look at as we come to god to say okay that i need to make right with god and then there's other things in our life we have to say i didn't actually sin against god i, I sinned against my brother and i have to go to my brother and make that right and there might be a, a time where you have to start to go back through your life and say, well, well, this wasn't quite right and God forgive me. And this wasn't quite right. And go, go to your friend or your, your husband or your wife or your brother and say, forgive me. I did that wrong too. Or, or someone that you've wronged and maybe in your work world or something, there might be a, a, a different areas that you might have to go to. But then something happens when you, when you start to make those things right. You know, the weight drops off, the guilt drops off, the condemnation drops off. And there's a freedom that begins to come as you begin to let those things go and let this thing go. And what it is, is as you're coming to God, as you're repenting to God, he's forgiving you. And as people forgive you and as you, you begin to get a little lighter and you begin, begin to get more free and you're, you're being what we call justified. Yeah. You're entering into a step of justification. You're entering into a place of grace and of freedom where when you repent, and you're baptized according to Acts 2.38 and Matthew 28.19, all of your former life before that is cut off. It Everything is. that you've done before that is forgiven. You're starting fresh. Yeah. You're starting clean. When you, when you yeah. properly apply that scripture in your life, everything behind that is cut off. In fact, if you look at the word justification, it would break down to say just as if, and we, we like to look at it this way, just as if I never even did it in the first place. Yeah. You're justified. Everything that was former in the eyes of God is nothing. In the Bible, there's a place that is, is a wonderful place in the scripture. It's called the sea of God's forgetfulness. There's many things that God can do, and there's, many, there's a couple things that he can't do. One of those things that he can't do, when you confess your sins, he can't remember them. And when he saved you, he can't lose you. As much as he can do anything, and anything is possible, there's a couple of areas that are beautiful. God can't remember your sins. You're justified. That's very true, brother. Um, I believe God called his children for a purpose and to uh, follow him. And we can, we can say that when God calls a child or a son, I would say, he calls him that the first step is that you accept the word that he, he will um, teach you. And then you accept him as a personal savior. And from there, when you accept it, you start your Christian walk. And then you begin to believe the Word of God. As you feed on the Word of God, you begin to, to realize who God is and understanding what was the purpose for, for what God called you. And then when um, you understand, you come to the water baptism, you get baptized. That's the, uh, one of the ordinances of, of the Lord. And you showing your faith that you have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then when you be justified, the worldly things, I would say, will be start living your life. And you 
will start a new life in Christ. Romans 5 verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So we understand that this justification is by faith. The only way we can please God is through faith. Exactly. The only way we could please God is actually, yeah, it is through faith. It, once you've been justified and you know, as you were talking about the sea of forgetfulness, you have to believe that you are free. You have to accept your freedom. I think there was a story about a man who, who was put was put into jail because he was a military man, I think, and he was put into jail because he had done something in battle or whatever, and because of that, they were going to take his life away. And I think, was it Kennedy was the president at the time? I think it was Abraham Lincoln. It was a Lincoln, the story right. goes. Yeah, 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 I think it was Lincoln. He exactly was was the president, and his friend goes to Lincoln to, to ask for a pardon for him to say, you know, he didn't really mean to do that. He just, you know, got nervous and scared, and so he did it. Uh, and so, you know, Abraham Lincoln takes a piece of paper and, and signs his, his pardon and gives it to his friend to say, go to the jail and go give it to him to say, you know, you, you pardon, right? Pardoned Abraham Lincoln, President Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, right. Uh, and so his friend r- runs to the jail and say, hey, I, I have good news for you. I, I have a written, you know, word or statement from Abraham Lincoln to say that you pardon. But now his friend says, no, this can't be because it's just written on a piece of paper. Right, he says we we can't accept. That's not. That's he thought not his true. friend was just toying with him, and yeah, 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 exactly. Right, and then eventually, you know, the end of the story was, you know, the next day he was put in front of firing squad or whatever it was, and he was shot and killed. But then the case come to the court to say, but Abraham Lincoln had had signed to say he was free. But then at that at that point, I think the the jury or the judges came to a conclusion to say. A pardon is not a pardon if it is not accepted. Yeah, unless it's received as a pardon. Yeah, it it, it does no good, right? So that you are justified, it is true. Christ has really justified. Truly, he's put all your sins and your wrongs in the sea of forgetfulness. You know, it sounds literally impossible and mind-blowing to think that God doesn't remember it. We being human. Because we remember things, right? I remember if someone did wrong to me or said something. I remember it, right? No matter even if I forgive the person, I still remember it. I don't know that I'm picking on it, but I remember it anyways, right? But you're forgiven it. It's it's gone. It's not like it's something affecting you, but you still remember it because you're human. But here is God. He literally doesn't remember it anymore. So it's funny. When you think about as you're coming to Christ, you'll feel that weight and that guilt. And what that is, is conviction. Yeah. But when you feel that later, there's that there's God convicting you. But when you're forgiven, he doesn't remember anymore. So when it's brought back to your mind, there's another, our enemy, that's yeah. coming to bring it to you in the form of yeah. condemnation. Yeah. Very different things, though they feel maybe similar. But when you're forgiven, there's no more conviction left. You've made it right. Yeah. But if you start to feel condemnation... That's just the devil coming back to try to remind you of something that God doesn't even remember. Romans 8, 1 says, Therefore, there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Yeah. yeah. We're not supposed to live under guilt and condemnation and that feeling, but in our mind, we have to reach out in faith. Or even, in, I'll say, in our heart, we have to reach out in faith to say, God's forgiven me, and yeah. I believe it, and I accept it. 
Yeah, uh, I was, while I was listening, Brother Max telling the story of the of um, Abraham Lincoln signing that paper, we had to to believe and receive, especially the price that was paid at Calvary for us. Mm-hmm. If we don't understand that, if we if we don't receive that, we cannot be justified unless we received it, right. because that's that was the purchase of your salvation that moment. So you had to re- believe it and receive it in your heart and and follow God as he called you to to serve him. Yeah, it's, it's like you being in a paint shop, right? It's like you, you're in a paint shop, right? And someone walks in the paint shop and say you are something on the shelf and someone walks in the paint shop and say, I want that and on the shelf. And so he goes to the counter and, and he pays the price that it takes to take whatever is on the shelf that he wants. And once he has paid the price, the object that is on the shelf is now his. And he now can take that object and take it home with him and do whatever he wants with it. And once he has purchased that, he's, that means that that object is now going to change his dwelling place from the paint shop to the owner's house. So once you have been bought with the blood of Jesus, once you know he has paid the price and taken you out of the world, he's brought you now out into his arms, into his kingdom, into, into his glorious liberty, and in, into his, you know, freedom which is he's given to you once you're out of the paint shop you're out of the paint shop you can't go back into that paint shop now what's beautiful about god's redemption story i want to look at one part and that's the word redemption because in the story of the pound shop or the dollar store as we might say <laughs> or the pawn shop or the different words we might Sorry, use pain in england right okay <laughs> is in that story Really, what was in that pawn shop or the pound shop or the dollar store was that man's already, and he had lost it. And it was his possession. We, in this world, God knew us. Yeah. God knew who he was looking for. Now, that might be hard for some to, to understand, and I hope we get to spend some time on that, and really, that God would make it clear. But to redeem is to bring back to a former estate and what was already. So to you, the listener, that would be feeling a tug on your heart. God knows you and God knew you already. In fact, in the Bible, it would talk about knowing you before the foundation of the world and putting your name on a book. And now you've gotten lost, but he wants to bring you back. And he wants to to bring you back to that place. And there's this beautiful scripture. I don't know if Brother Max is looking at it in Romans 8. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. You can read it, John. You go ahead. It says, and, and we know that all things, this is one of the most beautiful scriptures in the Bible that have been quoted and known. And it's Romans 8, 28. And I'll start reading from there up to verse 34. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Many people in the in the world will say, well, we know that all things work together for good. Well, we have to look at the other half. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So to those people, those people will be receiving that blessing of all things working together for good. And then it says this, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Those that he knew, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? 
It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. When we look at that, it's, it's beautiful. We can see that story of how God knew you, the listener, and how he called you, and now how he's justifying you. And when, when he's justified you, in God's eyes, you're already glorified. Now, to take a look at the word predestinate, perhaps that's not a, a good word to use. There's, a, there's many things around that word, or might in, in Christianity, there would be a certain fear around that word to say, well, God's not fair. God's a big God, and God knows what he's doing, and it's not our place to question God. The word foreknowledge might be a little bit better, that God foreknew. Yeah. He knows your tomorrow. He knows your next week. If you don't believe that, you don't believe God's eternal. Mm-hmm. We know that God's a big God. We know that God sent the whole world in motion. He has to know what tomorrow is. He has to know what 2020 would be, what 2021 would be, what 2022 would be. Even COVID. <laughs> we had to, he had to know that COVID was coming. Otherwise, he's not God. So he has to know you and he has to know your future. And he's got the whole world in his hands. Predestination looks back to foreknowledge that he knew. And foreknowledge looks to destination. It looks to your destiny. And God has put you on earth for a purpose as a listener. God's tugging at your heart now. And God wants you to recognize, oh, I'm a child of God. I can let go of all the things. I can let go of all my sin. And I can ask God to forgive me. I can forgive myself. That can be something to, to, to let it go in your own mind. And I can begin to walk with God. Yeah. And I know that if God's calling me, that there's some reason he's calling me. He doesn't just call me for no good purpose or no good reason, but he wants to bring me all the way to something further. And as you're talking about, you know, as a listener name, as you're listening, right, and if there's something talking out you had, and it's, it's interesting how, you know, even we, we're talking about this, right, because I said it's interesting because we, we didn't really know what we were going to say this evening. It's really just the Lord leading us. We really didn't know what we were going to say this evening, so it's just been incredible. So I believe somehow the Lord is reaching out to someone, but as John was saying, there is a time that God called you, because as he was talking about, you know, the foreknowledge God already know, and about your life, knowing what time you'll be born and all those kind of things. He knew where you would be, he knew what you would do, but there's a time that he's predestined or he has ordained or foreordained or to call you, to bring you in, like Brother Tito was talking about calling. Like there was a time that he had, I was born in a Christian home, my dad being a minister and all that, but there was a time that he had to call me. There was a time that he had to meet with me, right? I couldn't rely on what my dad was or my mom was, no, or what they are, no. And I just want to pick up a story in the Bible in 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 um in John chapter four about a woman at the well. See, this woman was living in sin. She was living a life of you know we we'll say maybe a harlot or whatever it is. Right, not living right. Had a few husbands and all those kind of things. Right, but in her was something. There was something that in her. There was there was a desire. There was she was predestined. There was a foreknowledge. She was already taught of God that one day Jesus was going to be born. And as Jesus will be born and, you know, he'll grow up and all that, that one day in Samaria at a certain time, this woman will go to a well. And at that very same time, Jesus is going to be at that well to meet with that woman. Now, the woman didn't know anything about this, but God did. And in the course of her life, God had ordained that at this time, I am going to meet with this woman because I have called her. I have chosen her. She's mine. Like John was talking about, you know, the the object in the paint shop already had an owner. 
she was already on by God. And now the camera and a point of time where she had to come and meet with her destiny. She had to come and meet with her destiny and her destiny was her salvation. Her destiny was being a daughter of God. That was what she was destined to be. And there had to come a time that she had to meet her. And so you might be a listener right now and you wondering, you know, there's something talking on your heart, something moving you. You might be like that woman that came out of the well. The God is trying to bring you to your destiny. God is trying to draw you. God is trying to speak to you. God is pulling you because he has set this appointed time to meet with you. He has set this appointed time to speak to you. At this appointed time, this is your time to be called. And, and so, like, if there's something that is drawing you, know, I don't even know how we got onto this, but... As John was saying that, you know, I just felt led to kind of pick on that as well a little bit. And I believe that the Lord is leading all this. And so he said, what did the woman do then? She responded. She didn't just let that moment go by. When she recognized, because Jesus now started to talk about certain things in her life and started to say this. And maybe, you know, as we've been talking, there are certain things that have been spoken that are, have been of something that you've you've been through in your life or whatever it is that's not us that's the lord speaking and so she started to recognize all these things and then she responds and said i believe that you are the prophet or the messiah and she started to receive what has been spoken to her and, and i want you to notice that the moment she receives it all her burdens all her guilt everything is dropped off at that very moment she's free at that moment, she goes, the, the scripture says, she goes in the city testifying to say, come see a man that has told me everything about my life. She's free. Because in those days, she had no right to do that because of her position or because of what the life she was living. She couldn't do that. But now because she's received freedom and she doesn't have any guilt anymore in her heart, now she goes and acts as if she's free. Because she is free. Because she has received what was given to her. And her destiny was freedom. And the destiny of each and every one of us is to be free from sin and guilt. Now, um, if we come with a question, it said, how I know that God is calling me? How can I recognize that this is God calling me? Well, I believe God used his uh, servants to, to speak the word. I believe God calls by the preaching or the teaching of the word of God. So if you if you listen to the word of God and 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 you feel that God is t- speaking to you and you feel you need to repent or God is convincing you that you need to change your life, that's the voice of God calling to your heart because God will come and will speak directly to your heart and when when you hear that voice speaking to your heart is when you are convinced of the things in your life. They are good or they are wrong. You become to you come to know what is wrong and what is right or how you're living your life in which things you know that you are doing wrong. But in this case, the word of God will convince you. As you read or you listen to the word of God, the word will convince you and will and the holy spirit is start working you changing things in your life thank you for listening to the end time podcast we trust it's been a blessing john chapter 8 verse 36 says if the son therefore shall make you free you shall be free indeed if you have any comments or questions or if you want to get to know more about christ 
You can send us an email at etpodcast at etmtab.com. You can also follow us on Instagram for more at endtimepodcast. We trust that these episodes are a blessing. God bless you.